Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love Radio Show. So last week we had Evie's story which was the thriving after narcissistic abuse story and it was just amazing the response. Evie was blown away. She messaged me uh, a few days ago and said, I, I just cannot believe the response to this. So look, it was just lovely that so many people could really relate to her story and um, and that you're enjoying the Thriver stories. And look, there's definitely many, many more people that are coming forth that are going to be sharing their stories as well, which really does give you hope that there is recovery from narcissistic abuse and not just surviving, that you can thrive. And Evie's done such a wonderful, wonderful job, as Gaylete has as well. So today what I'm going to be talking about is narcissistic abuse and addiction. And this is a really important topic and this was an important topic for myself personally, and I know it is for a lot of other people that I've worked with to help them recover from narcissistic abuse. So I'll just announce what the show is about. So this show is about the connection between narcissistic abuse and having an obsessive or addictive prone nature. So this is a deep journey into understanding the vibrational nature of life and relationships and why in order to change our relationship with life and other people, it is so important to understand and work on our own vibration, which means to work on our inner selves. So this show relates very deeply to my personal journey, which I'm going to be sharing with you, because this was one of the greatest wake-up calls I experienced in regard to my own recovery. So the reason that I'm writing an article about this, which is going to come out in New Life on the blog tomorrow, and I'm talking the radio show about this is because I want to grant you some really profound awareness of the bonds that happen between narcissists and codependence and why they happen. Information such as this is really very important because it allows us to realize that connections and relationships between people are not random events. They are in fact vibrational. And by understanding how matches between different personalities work, we can understand how that by changing our vibration, we can in fact change our relationship experiences. And we can really understand there is a way that we can embrace our own self-awareness and the nurturing and the healing of our inner selves in order to gravitate to completely different life and love experiences. So during my time of deep inner reflection with myself and also the study of what creates relationships with narcissists, 
I found that there is a strong common denominator with people who are addictive in nature. So these are individuals who've come from past histories of substance abuse or who have compulsive, obsessive natures. So let's look at this firstly from a deeper spiritual perspective. So we're going way beyond just the surface correlation with that. So if we look at it deeper, an addiction-prone or obsessive nature makes it very difficult for an individual to have and maintain a connection to their inner being. It's very, very hard for a person with that sort of nature to just be, to be at peace. Now, in fact, with any of us who are not at one with our inner being, it actually creates a painful and empty void on the inside of us. Now, emotionally, this pain registers as anxiety. And that's what happens with our inner self, with our subconscious, is when there's something not right, how that communicates to us is through sensation, through emotion. So we feel this as anxiety with that inner emptiness. Now, the normal human tendency is to seek something on the outside to fill the gap of a painful inner void. So that's going to be like some thing or some activity or some focus. Now the total irony is that a painful empty void is a painful empty void. Nothing from the outside can actually be used as a substitute to fill it up. The only remedy to a painful empty void is to have a healthy connection with our inner being which fundamentally means to create, nurture and maintain a healthy self-loving and self-valuing inner relationship with ourself. So if we were to have a look at what addictions really are, now I don't want to step on anybody's toes regarding the theory of addiction because I'm aware of the chemical and the physiological manifestations, but I would really like to put forth that I believe that an addiction, including the physiological chemical manifestations of that, is actually a symptom of the issues rather than the issue itself. Because I believe the addiction is really what the person is reaching for. It's a compulsive act in order to try and burn off the pain, the anxiety of having a void in the inner self. So it's an attempt to relieve the pain of not being at one with oneself. Now, if the addiction could be an actual substitute for the inner void, it might be okay, but it actually never can be. And in fact, by engaging in addictive or obsessive behaviours, what is occurring is self-avoidance which is the inability to look at what is causing the anxiety and therefore the obsessive compulsion and healing the cause of it rather than looking at the symptom. And by not doing that, this further prevents a healthy connection to the inner self being established. And of course, self-avoidance, emotional self-avoidance may not be conscious. In fact, it's likely not to be conscious. The truth is, bit by bit, from early childhood, we were disconnected from ourselves. 
and we became more and more used to self-avoiding. Many of us have been in denial with our compulsions or even addictions and had wonderful excuses for them. So for many codependents, the compulsion is caretaking others, focusing on all of their needs. And that can be passed off and excused as, I'm an empath, I've got a big heart, that's what I do. If the compulsion is workaholism, then the excuse can be, I'm doing a wonderful job at providing for my family. If it's sex, this could be rationalised as I'm just a physical, sensual person who really enjoys physical connection. If it's alcohol, it can be passed off as I deserve a drink after working so hard and so on and so forth. Now the truth is, unless we were brought up through childhood with the regular messages that you're worthy, you're lovable, you're okay just as you are, I believe in you, we did not grow up with a solid inner self. We didn't have inner confidence, we didn't have inner belief, we didn't have inner deservedness, and we didn't have an inner worth. Now, the older we got, the more we got trained out of having a relationship with our inner self, and we became more and more disconnected from loving and accepting ourselves, and then the more and more challenges and disappointments we faced in life, the more and more we tried to use stuff on the outside to fill our inner void as the substitute for feeling whole and worthy. Hence, this is what has caused an exasperated, obsessive and addictive behaviours. Now, like most victims of narcissistic abuse, I had some severe obsessive behaviours. When I was younger, it was extreme drink drinking binges. As I got older, even though the alcoholic binges stopped, smoking and workaholism persisted. Now these habits were very unconscious for me, even though they were obvious and I knew I was doing them. So like most addictions, I had all sorts of excuses. And the obsessive pulls and urges would come on when I was suffering the most anxious times. So it was in these times where my inner void was at its worst. Rather than attending to the real issues, I would use smoking or work to self-avoid instead. Now, all I was doing was shoving my inner pain back down. I was avoiding it. And as a temporary measure, I would feel relief in these choices in the moment, but the underlying anxiety and pain was never dealt with, and it was always continuing to resurface. And the older I was getting, the worse and worse it was getting. Now, during my narcissistic relationships, there was an enormous amount of escaping into work or if I was too broken to do that, smoking. Because these were my pacifiers that kept me avoiding my real inner wounds that felt so powerful that I didn't think I could deal with them. And of course, they were being horrifically activated in times of narcissistic abuse because that's what happens in a narcissistically abusive relationship. You get reflected back to you your deepest fears and insecurities about yourself and life and love. They're the actual gaps of yourself and the insecurities that you haven't healed yet that the narcissist identifies and throttles you with. Now, the more and more disconnected I was getting from my inner self and my inner resources, the more delusional and abusive my life was becoming. 
I really hope you can relate while you're listening to this because I know that if you're really honest with yourself, there's every chance that you're going to be able to relate to this. Now, your addictions may not be as obvious as mine were or maybe they're more extreme. And of course, these addictions could be any obsessive act such as eating, being on the internet continuously, shopping, having to see people constantly, etc., etc., etc. So I want to have a look and, and really explain to you the link between codependency and self-avoidance. Codependents are really famous for self-avoidance because, and I believe that this self-avoidance is just another term for addiction. And this addiction, of course, is the trying to, or, or self-avoidance, is the trying to burn off the pain of having an inner void through the use of a compulsive act. Now, this might just be watching TV continuously and trying to zone out. There can be all sorts of ways we can do it. But the reason, the real reason codependents are so famous for self-avoidance is because they have integrity and they're responsible. Codependents are brilliant at carrying on despite their pain, which means getting on with things, which means fulfilling their duties, looking after other people, not letting people down, making sure they uphold their word, and making sure the messes don't get any worse or can be avoided. So the truth is, codependents are famous for looking to the outside and being disconnected from their true inner power. The codependent's motto is, if everything on the outside of me can be controlled and be okayed, then maybe I can start to feel better on the inside. Now, until the codependent does the inner healing journey and works out that life always begins from the inside, because all of life is vibrational, it's actually a self-defeating quest to keep the energy focused on the outside and self-avoid. Now what happens in narcissistic abuse is, fortunately, and I'm looking at this from a much deeper, higher perspective of coming home to ourselves, fortunately the pain gets so bad that we can't keep doing it. And that's why narcissistic abuse is the wake-up call of a lifetime. So how does all of this relate to narcissistic abuse? being a match how does it relate so when we look at attracting and being susceptible to narcissistic abuse frighteningly there is an enormous match going on here we live in a physical universe of like attracts like it's a vibrational universe that's what happens now because you attracted and sustained narcissistic abuse it does not literally mean that you're a conscienceless bad person it doesn't mean you're a narcissist but what it does mean is that vibrationally you had enough of yourself which matched the narcissist's vibration to create the union now truly there is no greater model of self-avoidance and addiction than a narcissist and that's why you are a powerful match for a narcissist if you are self-avoiding because the narcissist also has a void in his or her inner self and it's a very painful one. Everyone's inner void that they are trying to fill is painful to varying degrees. 
Now, the narcissist's inner void is intensely painful because it's self-annihilating. So the codependent's inner void is full of unworthiness and feelings of being unlovable and not acceptable. And that's what happened. We were trained out of that connection to our inner self. We looked to the outside and we became less and less fulfilled and connected on an inner level. Now, the narcissist, the inner beliefs that the narcissist actually holds for him or herself are so intensely self-loathing and self-persecuting that the narcissist decided, usually at a very young age, to completely divorce his or her inner self, to completely push it aside, ignore it, and want nothing to do with it. It was complete self-rejection. And the narcissist created a false self in its place. Now, what happened as a result of that is the inner self effectively withered up and died as a result. It no longer functions. Now, because the narcissist has no inner self, an extreme disconnection and anxiety occurs constantly. In fact, in this place of inner nowhere land, the narcissist has become completely reliant on getting energy, which is narcissistic supply, from the outside to maintain any sense of existence, self-anchor or peace. The narcissist has no ability to connect to his or her soul. Now, the gateway to our soul is always through the connection to the inner self. So for the narcissist, there is no ability to feel oneness, bliss, reverence, or genuine love, worthiness, and connection to self and life. The narcissist, in in the pure spiritual term, has no ability to see himself or other individuals or life as source God sees people in life, which is through the eyes of love. The narcissist does not have the ability to have that connection, whereas everybody else does. Now, this is a horrible position to be in, and it creates the intense need for narcissistic supply. The narcissist is driven by the inner anxiety of self-loathing, powerlessness and unworthiness to try to create a different version as per his or her impact with other people and out of conditions. The narcissist is as addiction-driven for narcissistic supply as a hardened drug addict is for heroin. Now the problem is for the narcissist, as a result of submerging the inner self and creating a false self, the narcissist now has no inner resources to meet the self-annihilating inner void. There is nothing there to create self-love, self-acceptance or self-belief in order to face and heal the onslaught. The narcissist is doomed to operate through his or her false self which can never be real or connected to source God, in order to keep self-avoiding emotional annihilation. So effectively, the false self is the buffer. It's the survival mechanism that the narcissist can't let go of. Because if the narcissist lets go of that and actually meets the inner wounds, which are self-annihilating, there's no true self there to deal with them. Now, the narcissist is also completely non-accountable. So this is self-avoidance completely and utterly. He or she never takes genuine responsibility or ownership for his or her inner void. 
It's always somebody else's fault. All the behavior that erupts from the torture of having no inner self. Now, the false self, which the narcissist is operating through, is not real. It's a pathological construction. And it creates a buffer of zero accountability. Because how can a mirage actually have done something wrong? And that's genuinely how the narcissist feels. The narcissist actually cannot, cannot connect to, I did that. It's like the narcissist is watching him or herself operating outside of him or herself and he's not even connected to it because the false self is a pathological construction. It's something that has attached and taken over the narcissist's personality. But it's not who he or she really is. Who he or she really is has withered up and died. It doesn't exist. And that's the reality. That's the truth of what's going on. Now, for you, it doesn't matter how painful your inner void has become. And having taken on a great deal of the narcissist projections, which is the narcissist inner void and what's going on, the self-annihilating thoughts and the behavior gets projected at you it gets blamed at you you're the scapegoat for it so you will have taken on a lot of that self-annihilation thoughts and a lot of that unworthiness and that powerlessness and that self-rejection so your inner self your inner void is going to be pretty painful and pretty intense absolutely but please rest assured if you have not sold your soul if you have not become a malicious pathological liar who is completely focused on using people as objects to gain narcissistic supply, you are safe. You're not a narcissist. You have not submerged your inner and created a false self in its place. So if you're not doing that, if that's not your compulsion, then you still have an inner self to work with. You still have got the resources. So if you have reverence for life and others, if you have a conscience, and most codependents have a conscience and a reverence in abundance, absolutely. You are not a narcissist and you can come home to yourself. And I really want you to understand, okay, you may have, because you're on a battlefield, you're in a war zone, you may have found yourself acting out and being things that you could never have imagined with the narcissist. Detach from that for a moment. Have a look at your life and have a look at how you feel and care about people in life. If you have reverence, if you have a conscience, there is no way known that you have detached, created a false self and don't have inner resources. You do have inner resources. So in regard to myself, I want to share a little bit about my story, about how I healed my self-avoidance and addictions. When I truly realized the correlation as to why my life was falling into the pattern of narcissistic partners, I had to look at my own levels of addictions and self-avoidance. Then one day the penny fully dropped. Now that day I did a lot of quantum freedom healing on it. And that was the day when I smoked my last cigarette totally knowing that I would never avoid feeling my emotions or not, or not dealing with what I needed to heal at an inner level again. I also knew I would never run to a work project when anxiety hit. It was time to deal with my inner self squarely once and for all. 
And what followed was more intense quantum freedom healing sessions with releases and inner transformations every day. And I promise you, in these sessions, it had very, very little to do with the narcissistic partners. It was all to do with myself. All the pain, insecurities and fears and wounds that I'd covered up for decades, covered up with drinking, smoking and working. That's what it was about. So this was the first time in my life that I was totally willing to face everything about the inner me that I needed to without any distractions because there was no way I was going to continue self-avoiding and be in a relationship with a narcissist ever again. I'd had enough. And I knew what a relationship model with a healthy man looked like. It was somebody who wasn't self-avoiding, who was not addicted to getting energy outside of himself to feel better. It certainly wasn't a person that was hell-bent on narcissistic supply or who had a false self. You know, the model is a person who is solid in his own energy and emotionally healthy and whole. It's a person with a connection to their inner self. So in order to have a person like this in my life, I needed to firmly be the embodiment of this to myself. I needed to be a vibrational match for that. So with this newfound commitment to face and heal my inner wounds, an incredible thing happened. The urge for addictions left completely. Now this was mind-blowing for me because I'd struggled off and on with cigarettes my entire teenage and adult life. Yet from that Day, that very day that I finally realized what the price of self-avoidance had been causing in my life, I never, ever again wanted or craved a cigarette. And I mean that literally. And I'd tried everything to give up smoking. I could in fact never imagine ever wanting one again. I simply would not do it to myself. So to me, it was not the horror of the health risks which was what I'd always been focused on before, it was the horror of engaging in emotional self-avoidance. That was what changed it completely for me. Now, my work life changed incredibly with this commitment to heal and fill my inner void. I knew that I needed to fill me and create the healthiest relationship to myself on the inside that I could possibly create because I knew I had to stop self-avoiding. So I chose yoga and exercise regularly. Virtually every morning, yoga and exercise is a part of my life routine now. I chose organic food and a healing self-commitment of gratitude lists, journaling exercises and quantum freedom healing regularly to release the wounds, fill myself and come home to myself, come home to my inner. And I found that in times of stress, that I was so committed to going to inner self-commitments rather than using any compulsive behavior to try and relieve the pain. So work became less and less and yet the interesting thing was by working much less hours, I was still getting done everything I needed to do. So the total goal for me was to no longer be a vibrational match for a narcissist ever again and become the vibrational match and, of the tr and the true creator of the life I wanted to live and love in. What happened as a result of that commitment? 
is the pain, the anxiety and all the usual tendencies that I'd had all my life, which truly had become my level of normal, all started to melt away and what was replaced was incredible feelings of self-love, wholeness and authentic joy from the inside out. And a really profound thing happened for me. The first day that I could look in the mirror deeply into my own eyes and say, Melanie, I truly adore you, love you and believe in your worthiness and looking into my own eyes, I could feel it in my soul. And I cried tears of joy and relief for about an hour afterwards. It was an incredibly special breakthrough moment for me where I knew that I was connected to my inner self. Absolutely. So with you, I want you to think about your levels of self-avoidance that you might be playing out. And there's a really powerful exercise that you can do with yourself is sit with a journal and really feel in and answer these following questions. Now these questions will be coming out on the blog tomorrow so you're going to be able to see them there. So the first one is, is how willing am I to feel and be with my pain? The next one is, is when I start hurting, doubting myself or feeling unsafe, what do I usually do? The next one is what I am doing, if I'm really honest with myself, a way of avoiding what is really going on within me. And the last one is, have I taken the time to be with my inner wounds and really, really be with them, nurture myself and deal with them and heal them head on? Am I willing to do that? Am I doing that? Because the problem is, if we keep self-avoiding, the cycle continues. The inner void calls out painfully through sensations, through emotions. We feel the discomfort. We distract ourselves with an activity outside of ourselves to try to get relief. And then the inner void calls out again and it gets louder and louder. And the cycle never stops. And this is a cycle that a narcissist is living every day. Every moment of every day, they are somewhere in that cycle. Now, the truth of the matter is, the longer we keep self-avoiding, the more unhealthy we're going to become and the more we become disconnected from our ability to be healthy, self-love, self-worth and self-value and we don't evolve beyond our inner wounds to become a complete and whole human being. Now, because we're living in this vibrational universe, to achieve the things we want to achieve in life, to be able to have the outer results that we want, we need to be an inner match for them. We need to be a complete and a whole human being in order to grow progressively and effectively in our life. We need to be what we want to come. Otherwise, we're stuck in the attracting and the experiencing of the reflection of our inner void over and over and over again. And that's just not what we want to live. So I really hope that this this the article that you're going to read and also this radio show is going to provide you with some powerful food for thought and maybe it's even smacked you between the eyes because realizing the price of self-avoidance totally did that for me it was one of the hugest aha moments I've 
ever experienced in my life about my self-responsibility and what I could actually do to change my life in a positive way. So I'd really love to hear your comments on the blog when it comes out and I'm happy to answer any questions about this. And this is really, really profound awareness that I know can really help you and change your life beyond description and really elevate you to a level where you're going to be in a completely different vibrational universe to narcissistic abuse and narcissistic people. This is a life of reverence and oneness and connection and joy and true love and true success and happiness because that's what we all deserve and it's available for everybody but you need to have that healthy connection through your inner self in order to be able to achieve it. So that's it for me this week, everybody, and uh, lots of love and have a wonderful day and I'll look forward to your comments on the blog. Okay, bye-bye.